0: Thanks for joining us through the CrossBridge podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about CrossBridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Not long ago, I was uh, at a chiropractor friend's office, um, was having some shoulder pains, and so uh, we were talking together. He took some x-rays of the shoulder, and, uh, and then he said to me, hey, can we, can we look at your spine? And uh, took some x-rays, and he was talking to me about the curvature, the normal curvature of the spine, and how mine was a little, you know, a little bit worse. And anyway, he started to talk to me about some exercises or some, some practices that I could do to make sure that, you know, 30, 40 years from now, Um, that I can still, you know, stand up straight. We were talking about my posture. And and I started thinking about back when I was a little boy and how mom would come up behind me and just kind of, you know, grab my shoulders and say, stand up straight. Or when I was sitting down, kind of tap me and, hey, you want to stand up straight. Um, It was an exercise in posture. I'm concerned today about the posture of the church, not my, not just my physical posture, not just our physical posture, but, but how we stand in the midst of this COVID crisis. As everybody else is on their heels, backing up, taking maybe kind of a, a self-protective mode, what will be our posture? You know, the Bible talks a lot about practicing hospitality. Romans chapter 12, for example, just says very clearly, clear instructions are to practice hospitality. Or in 1 Peter chapter 4, some practical instructions. Again, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. What comes to your mind when you hear that word, hospitality? Maybe it's the hotel services, you know, the mint on the pillow, fresh linen, an extra towel. Or maybe it's an invitation into somebody's home to kind of leisurely hang out around the table and have some good conversation. Or maybe it's the church welcome team who, you know, extends a hand when, or I guess we don't, we don't shake hands these days. In fact, we don't gather in people's homes much, and we certainly aren't traveling very much and staying at hotels at least as much as it used to be you know maybe maybe hospitality isn't as much a concern during these days of covid or i think maybe much more important even more so in these days of social distancing you know contrary to the biblical eastern ancient culture that we read into in our current culture that's marked you know considerably about entertainment entertaining ourselves and entertaining others. We often think about hospitality in that sense of, you know, we're we're welcoming people over, we're we're trying to entertain them. Jeff Christofferson, he writes an article in the Christianity Today, and I thought it was a helpful one. He writes about the differences between this mindset of entertainment versus hospitality. Four things I just want to give you real quickly. First of all, he says, entertainment impresses hospitality blesses. The issue there is like, who is the center of attention, right? The second one he says is entertainment stresses while biblical hospitality savors. I know at my house, you know, when we want to invite guests over, we've got to spend, you know, hours and hours cleaning the home until it looks like, you know, a picture out of Good Housekeeping magazine. But the real, reality is if we can stop stressing and just savor our time with friends, even if you know there's dirty socks laying in the middle of the floor, it, it's okay. Third, he says, entertainment babbles, but hospitality listens. I think there's going to be more uh, on that subject in the weeks to come. And then fourth, he says, entertainment excludes. We've got to draw the line with friends, but hospitality Honors. I, I love that. So helpful. At the word, at the heart of this word, hospitality, it's where we get that English word, hospital. A hospital, it's a space where people who are experiencing dis-ease or brokenness can find rest and care and healing. I have some friends, Dick and Carol Davis. They're so good at practicing this radical kind of hospitality. We're not talking here about just random acts of service. They would invite, um, usually it was younger single men who just didn't have a place to stay that they were connected to and they already knew well. But over the years that I've known Dick and Carol, they've had six, seven, eight um, young men that would come and live with them. It's one thing to just say, here's a, you know some towels and you can stay the night in the guest bedroom. It's another thing to have somebody come and move in and live with you for long periods of time. I remember their basement was just seemingly always filled to overflowing with stuff. And it wasn't their stuff. It was people who maybe were in between homes and it was before those days of the storage rental places. And so they offered their homes and offered practical and radical hospitality. Their mindset really was mi casa, su casa, right? I think we would all, could all agree, hospitality is a good thing. And, and the call of Scripture to practice hospitality, it's a good thing. But maybe the question is, what about in this season in this time of social distancing where we need to be concerned not only about our own well-being but about that of, of others as well should we really be talking about reaching out and extending hospitality just a few weeks ago my niece was getting married and so weeks few weeks before that i I needed a new suit. I don't know why all my other suits uh, were just shrinking, but, or maybe I was growing, but went to the men's clothing store here in our community and walked in, and when I walked inside, there was a nice clerk, and she was there waiting to greet me. I couldn't see her uh, smile, but you know I saw her eyes light up, and when I walked toward her, she began to kind of back up a little bit, And um, she just seemed a little apprehensive or maybe preoccupied about something else, I thought. But anyway, she tried to help serve me and help me to pick out a suit. It's kind of awkward, you know, when they do the measurements. But uh, she did everything she needed to do. And she was talking to me, but she kept turning her head and I couldn't understand. And then suddenly I realized, oh, it's her mask. I don't have a mask on. Oh, my goodness. I felt so bad. And so I said to her, hey, do you want me to go back to the car? If, you know, kind of half expecting her to go, oh, it's okay. And I was like, hey, do you want me? She goes, yes, please, please, please. And so I went back to the car and put my mask on. I felt terrible and I apologized several times. And when I came back in and kind of reengaged with this um, employee, She was so friendly, you know, and so kind. And there was just that barrier, right? We we get that in these days. As I went to pay for the suit, we were standing there uh, across the counter talking, and I was asking her the story about the store. It's 95 years old. And I was asking about the owner, and she told me about this uh, older gentleman, Bill. And after I'd paid and said my goodbyes, as I was walking out of the store, I, I heard somebody say, "'Excuse me, sir.'" And it was this 90-year-old man, Bill. And Bill introduced himself and stuck his hand out to shake my hand. He was the owner of the store. And immediately, my mind went to you know the mask and the touch. And I, I wasn't you know about to extend my hand. And then I felt bad for not wanting to extend my hand. And so I just kind of pretended to look at it. I didn't see his hand. And we started talking, had this great conversation. And, and then at the end, again, he stuck out his hand. And, and, and I had this like moral dilemma. I don't want to get him, you know, sick. And, you know, who knows? My hand has been, you know, touching the door handles and everything else. Do I take his, man, his hand as he's reaching out? Do I reach out? You know, today this pandemic is forcing everyone, including the church, including us, to consider some incredibly difficult questions about how we go about ordinary, everyday life. And we're being challenged to the limit where we go, who we spend time with, and and how we spend that time, what we do And our world is attempting to determine what that new world, uh, what that new normal is going to be. And so we as a church, we we need to ask some hard questions and come to the scriptures and say, God, what kind of posture will we take? You see, what's at stake here is not just our own well-being. And it's not just the well-being of others, but it is the mission of, Of Christ to go let a dying world know that in Christ they can be forgiven healed and made new and the way that we share that is by sharing our very lives could I just pause here for just a second to kind of clarify something in what follows as we look at the scriptures as we talk together about this issue of hospitality what I'm not suggesting is that we just pretend that this pandemic isn't real that we throw caution to the wind. You know, when the trade towers went down and the people were trapped in the fire, as the masses were running out of the building, as those um, firefighters were about to run in to save, first they equipped themselves with the kind of gear, the armor that they needed to carefully, cautiously run into that fire. And, and of course, not all of the care workers in that day were, were called to go back into the flames. There were many that were down on the ground, in the streets, the EMT, the police officers. And so I recognize that our calling may be different, but, but we need to think carefully and, and in, a, in a smart manner about how we posture ourselves in these days. And so let's go to the Scripture. I want to invite you to turn to the book of Leviticus. It's the third book in the Bible. And it's not normally something that we read as devotional reading, but it's a great, great book that has some practical application for us about what it looks like and how we live as God's people. Here's the kind of the background for this uh, Scripture in Leviticus. God has seen his people living in Egypt in bondage uh, they were enslaved there and he, he through Moses he brought the people out he split the waters you may not you may know that story and brought the Egyptians out of their enslavement but he brought them out for a purpose he set them apart if you will and, and said, I have brought you out of Egypt and set you free for a purpose. And my purpose and my plan for you is that you will live your lives in this promised land that I'm taking, to, taking you to, this kingdom, in such a way that I will be your king and you will be my people. You will trust me. And in, in living that kind of relationship with me, you will display to the rest of the world What a faithful, loving, good God that I am so that others, in that day it would have been the Gentiles, so that the Gentiles would see and and respond to this gracious God. Listen to Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 33. Some practical instructions from God about how we live in this kingdom as his people. He says, you shall rise or stand before the gray-headed And honor the presence of an old man, and fear your God. I am the Lord. And if a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall not mistreat him. The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you. And you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt once. I am the Lord your God. I want you to notice there are two particular groups of people that God says to these newly freed um, followers of God. He says, I want you to acknowledge, or he's really talking about practicing hospitality, extending themselves to others. And the first group he talks about is the elderly. Acknowledge, acknowledge the elderly. Rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of the old man. Do you hear in there a a call to shift their posture? Stand up, rise when the elderly walk by. This was a very patriarchal society, and so it was a call to acknowledge their authority. But it was also a recognition that there was something in the elderly. The image of God is there to recognize, acknowledge them. You know, I remember when my grandpa was getting really sick, and my grandma and my mom and my aunt had to make a really, really hard decision because grandma couldn't take care of grandpa anymore. And so I, I, I very clearly remember taking grandpa to the nursing home. And I remember just the, the, the expressions of feeling so guilty that my mom and my grandma would have if even just a few days went by that they couldn't go and, and visit with grandpa you know, health experts tell us that the elderly and the sick in these days are most susceptible to this COVID virus. We need to keep them safe. But, you know, sometimes out of sight can mean out of mind. And so in these days, what does it look like for us, the church, to offer hospitality to to the shut-ins, to the most vulnerable, to those who could become lonely. We need to think of creative ways to care for our elderly. You know, my next-door neighbors, uh, Goody and Diane, man, they're wonderful people. Um, they got a pool in their backyard, and there's, there's very few days that go by in the spring, summer, or fall. When they're not out in the backyard, they've invited friends you know, neighbors, whomever, over, and they're just leisurely sitting around uh, one of those patio tables, extending hospitality, listening to others, sharing life together. I was talking to Diane just the other day, and she was telling me that um, her husband's aunt was turning 94 years old. And she was living in uh, an assisted living facility not too far from us, and so they got the whole family together. Um, They'd got balloons and you name it. And they went and stood outside of the nursing home with her window right there so that she came to the window. She sat at the window. She actually, they put her cell phone up to her ear so that she could talk with everyone. And they had a birthday party. What a creative way to extend hospitality, presence, a listening ear, loving on the elderly. You know, to be the church, to be the people of God is to be ever mindful of the most vulnerable, the weak, the isolated, the lonely. And to creatively and practically reach out and take their hand and remind them that they belong to God. He talks about the acknowledging the elderly. And then second in this scripture, we hear God say, include the stranger. And if a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall not mistreat him. The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you, and you shall love him or her as yourself. You know, in the midst of this COVID stuff, I heard our um, Peru City Parks director talking about this music in the park event that was going to take place in one of our city parks. They uh, had invited a local band and they were hoping that people would come and just sit in the park on their lawn chairs and listen to music. And my first thought was, they're going to maybe have a handful of people. Uh, Especially, uh, you know, because of this pandemic. People just don't want to get out and be together, right? I was so wrong. There were nearly 500 people that showed up to be with friends. I know we long to be together with friends, but what about strangers? God says treat those uh, as if they're born among you. In other words, treat them as family. Love them as you would love yourself. You know, in in recent days I, I admit Boy, with, with friends, I love to get together, but when somebody that I just don't know who they are or where they've been, I'm a little bit more hesitant to kind of lean in and draw close. You know, in ancient days, in this Eastern culture, there, there were few Marriotts in fact, I don't think there were any or motel Sixes but there was this expectation that when a a traveler, a stranger was coming through town, that you would welcome them in. This was just part of Eastern Eastern ancient culture. In fact, it's still part of the Eastern culture today. The expectation is that you welcome them in, that you provide lodging and and a meal for them. God tells his people that that are living life in, in his kingdom, he says, you're to offer shelter. You're to offer provision to feed the stranger, to allow them to sit at your table and to offer, offer presence. Presence, God's presence among them. You know, to get today, thank God for hotels and Airbnbs. But there are still weary travelers who are coming through our lives, sojourners on the way of life, and as they 're traveling, the sun is setting, and the shadows may be slipping into their lives and they need a place they need a place to belong they need some care or shelter and, and I guess the question would be you know kind of just in line with motel six will you will you leave the light on? Will you be willing to share your lives to offer hospitality may i again say we we need to be creative as we think about this in light of the days but the call is to practice hospitality not just with your buddies not just with your friends that you're you're uh, familiar with but with the stranger the traveler who's who's coming through in need you know like the the new person that's just moved into the neighborhood you don't know anything about them but will you reach out your hand or maybe it's just somebody that's on the fringe new to the church out of luck in need in these days of social distancing the call of god is that we would draw close there's a story of a pastor his name is Ulrich Zwingli and he was a famous um, church reformer uh, in the same line as like Martin Luther It was early in the 16th century, and he had been called to pastor in a particular city, Zurich, Switzerland. And he pastored, he shepherded not just that particular congregation, but that community so well. He was tired, he was exhausted, and so he took a retreat. He went up into the mountains, and it was right about that time as he had left for a season that the Black Plague A pandemic that swept throughout Europe Europe made its way to Zurich. And nearly a third of the people of Zurich died because of that pandemic. Many people left the city. In fact, many came to to where um, Pastor Zwingli was staying in his retreat center. But he had a decision to make. Do I stay here? Do we form a congregation here? Or is the call of God for me to go back to Zurich, to walk straight into the Black Plague, to hold the hand of the sick and the dying? And he sensed that God was calling him to go back. He became deathly ill. Um, Praise the Lord, he he recovered and and went on to, to really be used by God. But Zwingli's story, it's not just of one man. This story of going back in, it's the story that's been rehearsed over and over and over again as people aren't willing to stay at a distance, but Christ followers draw near, even in the face of incredible personal safety. Zwingli's story, it illustrates more than just one man's personal courage and character, but it exemplifies the way of Christ, could you think with me for just a minute about who this God is that we serve? He's a God who refuses to stay at a distance. He calls us to practice hospitality because that's His very nature. That's what we see Him doing throughout the Scriptures. Go all the way back to Genesis and we see Him create this environment called the Garden and then He welcomes His creation, Adam and Eve, to a enjoy it together with him. We, we see it in the garden, we see it throughout the uh, Old Testament, and we see it most clearly in the person of Jesus. God loved the world so much, he refused to stay at a distance when the pandemic of sin overcame. And, and so Jesus stepped down, he took on the risks, He knew what he was getting himself into, but he robed himself in vulnerable human flesh and he stepped into our pandemic of sin. And in spite of the warnings Jesus ate with sinners and he touched the sick and the untouchable, he was condemned, suffered under Pontius Pilate, dead and buried. All because that's who love is and that's what love does. Love refuses to keep people at a distance. Love comes near. Love hurts alongside the hurting. In the midst of suffering, love offers more than a tissue to cry with, but a shoulder to lean on, touch, a hand to hold. Love is risky. Love is dangerous, but love is willing to trust that when we go to the cross, when we risk everything, that there is something beyond suffering and death. You see, the the good news, the good news of the gospel is that we serve a God of resurrection. And when love calls us to the cross, even in the midst of physical safety, there is something more, the resurrection. In this passage, God gives the Israelites two very clear reasons to practice hospitality. Look at them with me. First, he mentions about caring for the elderly and then he says, I am the Lord. And then he mentions the strangers and again he says, I am the Lord. In other words, he's saying you are to live this way because that's who I am. And you draw your life, you draw your lifestyle from who I am. And then the other reason that he gives, he says, you were formerly slaves in the land of Egypt. In other words, remember that you were once lonely, isolated, enslaved, but I brought you out. And so motivated by thanksgiving, offer yourselves to others. As I have drawn near to you, so you go and draw near to others. Offer hospitality. How much are you willing to risk? Are you willing to share your stuff? That's part of hospitality. Are you willing to make space in your time to share with others? That's hospitality. Are you willing to risk your health, your life? Again, hear me. I'm not Saying that we totally ignore health mandates or that we throw caution to the wind. P- please don't hear me saying that we should just remove our masks and, you know, in Jesus' name go lick, you know, public door handles or anything like that. We need to be careful, and God gives us a mind that we might be wise. But we must seek to love the way God loves, we must draw near. I have a friend, Brock. Brock's a cross-bridger. And um, Brock is uh, struggling with um, kidney disease. And so uh, he's on dialysis. He needs to be extremely careful where he goes and who he's with. But Brock has shared a a story of a, a common friend who's just really been struggling with loneliness. And so Brock, from a distance, he draws near. He picks up his phone often and he calls this friend of ours, or, or a text, and just checks in regularly. He invests time drawing close through the gift of technology. We're called to practice hospitality. That's the posture that we must take in these days. Could I can I just close with a story? I heard a chaplain at Mount Vernon Nazarene University. She posted a video in which she was just um, welcoming students that would be coming back to campus. And she had some strong words for them. She said, basically, she was saying, guys, there's a lot at stake as you know, several thousand of us come back to this you know, uh, campus and try to figure out how to do life together in these confined quarters. One slip up in the state health department could step in and kids send you all back home and you have to do this distance learning stuff. And so I, we realized there's a lot at stake. Being able to be on campus here, you know, you kind of be in person and have lots of fun and hang out in the dorms. There's, there's, there's so many things that are, uh, that are risks here. And then Stephanie said, as important as all that is, there's something much more at stake and then she told this story about the, um, this game show. It's, uh, it's, it's one of these like, obstacle courses that you see, kind of like some of these gladiator TV shows. And she was describing how the game, it's on Netflix, and it's called something like Floor of Lava. She said that the, the game is that you and, and your teammates need to go um, across this stage and and the floor is supposedly this hot lava and dangerous and so what you have to do is to jump from um, one stationary item to another or even some that are moving but you can't touch the hot lava and she described how you know there there have been so many groups that have come on and you know some muscular guys and athletic ones or whatever and she said as she watched every single group they, just, they weren't able to all make it to the other side, but the, but the winning team was these three petite ladies wearing pink yoga pants. <laughs> and what distinguished them from the rest is that they decided if they were going to make it across in the midst of the hot lava, they had to do it together. And so they would make it from one um, area to the next and then they would reach out and they'd help each other. Some of them just couldn't jump across, but if they worked together, they could make it across. Boy, we're in a messy situation, church. But if we are willing to do this together, to draw near to one another and extend hospitality, just think how the world could see the character of, of God, the character of love himself in the midst of it all. I just want to close with a few questions. First is this. Who? Who is it that's extending a hand to you? Who is it that comes to mind maybe that you need to extend a hand to? And I mean that metaphorically, but possibly literally. Who is it that you need to extend hospitality? What's the first person that comes to mind. Maybe you begin to pray, God, show me who's around me that I can begin to care for, to offer presence to, to offer a listening ear. The first question is who? The second question is how? How can we creatively, in the midst of this COVID virus, carefully but lovingly give ourselves away Maybe it's like Brock, it's picking up the phone and calling or using some of our technology abilities. Maybe before you begin to answer that, you need to think carefully about how you spend your time. Can we create space in our calendar? Maybe it's not only visiting your grandma, but adopting a grandparent. Or maybe it's adopting a single parent, hey, come and stay with us. Or maybe it's coming alongside of a young uh, married couple and, and showing them how to love one another by just inviting them into your lives as a married couple. Creating space, creating time, but loving the way Jesus loved. Practicing hospitality. It's a critical, critical part Of being on mission together as God's church. Let me pray for us. Father, pray that you would give us the courage and the wisdom to know how we might carefully and lovingly offer ourselves to one another, to put we above me. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness to us and for your word. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.